In this episode, we're here with Nick Williams, the head of coach education for the Paddle School. And we're going to talk about a topic within coaching that is really, really important that a lot of coaches may not know about. And I think having this conversation, and we've spoken a little bit, a bit about it before we started recording, is, is really interesting. And I think it's something that will definitely help coaches develop their skills as a, as a teacher. So uh, Nick, first of all, thank you very much for joining us on this podcast again. Great to have you back. Thanks, Andy. So Nick, what is the skill that is super important? I'm not going to say it's the most important because there's obviously a lot of important skills out there, but what is a really, really important skill that coaches may not know about or may not realise within, within their sessions or within their teaching? Okay. Before before I answer that question, let's let's talk. Let's take it from the player's perspective. So if I'm if I'm a player and I'm coming to my paddle coaching sessions, then I want to keep coming back. I'm enthused, and there's a reason for that. Now, the the person that keeps coming back to your sessions isn't just coming back because they've told to come back. They're coming back because they choose to come back. And there's a reason for that. So we can dig into that and understand how you can retain players in your groups for longer, enthuse, motivate them, and improve them at the same time. See, I mean, that really is, as a coach, if you can get that player coming back time and time again, that's what you want, really. I mean, not just as a business, but also so that they can improve. And I know many players or coaches might say, Either they come back because they haven't improved at this stage and they feel like they need more coaching in order to improve, or they're coming back because they feel minor improvements um, as they go. Yeah. So that's the end goal. So let's dig into how we can make that happen. So there is a a theory called self-determination theory. Now, self-determination theory says that if you feel competent at an activity then you're more likely to come back to that activity if you feel competent in what you do. If you have choice of coming to the activity and during the activity you have some autonomy of of what you choose to do, then that's also part of self-determination theory that you will keep coming back to do more. And the other area is relatedness. And relatedness means, have I got a social bond with the people who I play with on a regular basis who come to coaching? Have I got a bond with the coach? Have I got a bond that is really strong, that I have this social tie with the players and with the coach? So those three areas, competency, autonomy, and relatedness, form part of self-determination theory. So self-determination theory, you can check it out online and you can can see all of that. But in basic terms, those three elements need to be considered by coaches. Now, if you can make those three things happen, then you're on to a winner because people will keep choosing to come back, they'll they'll immerse themselves in the game and they'll they'll want to improve their, their own game and they will get better because they won't just come back once a week, they'll start to go... When can I come back again? And two times a week and three times a week. And then we see rapid improvements if somebody does it 
more than once a week. And, and I think that's key for the club as well, isn't it? Because they'll come in for a session and because they'll want to come back and they'll want to improve, they'll, they'll come and book the courts. They'll rent the courts. And, and that's what we're always explaining as a, as a coaching programme. Part of the job of the coaching programme is not just to give lessons to, to the players there and they come for their weekly lessons. It's, it's actually to, to try and fill the, the court rentals and the space and the events and tournaments and things like that at the club. And, and I think that these, these tips or these aspects that you're talking about are key to doing that. Yeah. So should we dig into each one yeah, of those? Yeah, let's do it. How, dig how can a coach improve each of those? Yeah, exactly. So, so if we talk about competence, so competence comes from being able to achieve a skill. And we have process and we have outcome. So process means a process of, let's say, for example, if we're working off the back glass, the process might be that I've got to get the racket back as my first thing that I do. I prepare by getting the racket back. And that's my process. And then my outcome is that I make a good contact in front and then are able to choose where to be able to place the ball, like as a high lob or as a chiquita, for example. So you have process and outcome. Now, if a coach is working with a player on process and outcome, if you want to make them feel competent, because that's part of self-determination theory, if you want them to make them feel competent, then you can't just flatter them for no reason and tell them that everything's brilliant and amazing because false flattery won't get you anywhere. So you need to be real. And the player needs to understand that competence comes from process and that's something you can control. You can control the process but probably control the outcome less. So competence can come from seeing improvements in the process. So for example, if, you've got the, if the racket's coming back early, that's the part of the preparation, how many times does that player make that racket preparation at the right time on the type of ball that you give them? And if it's in that region of six, seven, eight times out of 10, you're in that sort of mastery ballpark. It's not too easy. It's not too hard, it's quite challenging. And then what you can do is you can gradually turn up the level of feeding and challenge so that they can still include that process as the feeding gets harder and the challenge gets harder. So for example, Sandy, if, you, if you're in, in my lesson and you're able to get that process seven times out of 10 off like a, a basic feed from the net, I might start to then go, okay, it's now a little bit more live. There's a couple of shots in it. There's a shot before. Can you still do that process? And if that person can see improvements and you can give improvement to that person, you show them, whether that's by video or just by the feedback that you give them, then they're already starting to feel more competent because they've seen improvement in their process. That's the thing that they can control. And the, the beauty of it is, obviously, if you improve process, you're more likely to have a better outcome. So competence comes from you setting the right environment as a coach through the process that they can control and then just challenge them enough to be able to see that gradual improvement. So we can make all players feel competent at their own levels in a group session by just turning up and down that dial with the challenge level. Mm. Yeah. That okay. makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. So that's competence. <laughs> yeah, yeah, good stuff, good stuff. And so then, so that's competence. So like, you just got to make people, people feel like they're improving. Okay. Hmm. Now that's the first one. Now autonomy is the next one. So choice. 
every time that you this is this is what the, the, the coach can have control over is giving the player choice. So on the on a in a very 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 simplistic term, I might say to you, Sandy, and your group, right then everybody, which court do you want to play on today? Mm. And I might just give you that choice, because I'm already starting to give you ownership of the session. Mm. Oh, yeah, do you know what? We like, we like that court, number two. Let's go and play there. So now I'm already giving you where to go. I, I, you know, you've got choice. I'm not always being dictatorial and telling you what to do. I've given you choice. So that's one of the first little things you could do. And then as you go through your session, you're trying to give them autonomy into how their session develops. Those are little things you can do as a coach. For example, if um, you've got in your mind, you know what you want to do, you want to improve with, the, with these players. Let's say it might be uh, you want to improve the overhead, defensive overhead, or you might want to improve off the back glass. Let's say you've got those, those two areas that you might, you might say, okay, team, so today we've got to a point where we've warmed up. We know that we're working on this skill and we know we're working on this skill. What do you choose today? Mm. What do you choose Oh, okay. Uh, let's choose this one. So now you, you're giving them more choice about like you're still controlling the, the 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 if you like the frame of the picture, but they decide what to do in the middle of the picture. They decide how to paint the picture. You've you've given the frame, and they do what's inside. Just on a on a side note, I think that's also a really good thing for clubs to do with their communities is is to give them give them choice you know and we see that even when it comes to like you said almost choosing the court or choosing the evening they want to have their their social match play or you know all of these type of things it, it gives them a a sense of of ownership or belonging doesn't it really yeah ownership and belonging and commitment mm -hmm. so so choice drives commitment uh, because you, you are you're in control of the situation so so you can give the you can give choice throughout your lesson and give autonomy to what they do so so those are the two aspects competency and autonomy and then the final one is relatedness now you, you might have noticed phrases that, I've, that I used, there was a phrase that I used when I mentioned about the group, and that was team. So now it's quite important how a coach communicates with their players. How do, how do you create an environment whereby your players feel part of the team? They feel part of the team they don't want to let people down on that team. They want to keep coming back to that team that, you know, you've created it. And and that can be done from the words that you use, everybody, team, like this, and, and, and just how you interact with people. So relatedness comes from having this team environment for your coaching group. And it also comes from your ability to be able to get players to speak to other players and rotate them round so they get to work with lots of different people. That's important that you don't always just play with the one person. You get them to rotate round, play with different people so they can bond and be able to create relationships and their own sort of little network within your environment. And that's really important as a coach. So those coaching skills are perhaps nothing, something that you wouldn't necessarily consider. It, it's about how does, one, how does one of your players interact with another player and another player. So you need to set that social environment so they can relate with each other and relatedness brings commitment again to coming back. 
And then also how you come across as a coach is really important. Just before we go into that, I just wanted to go back into this idea of, of everyone getting to know each other and that social cohesion that goes on. And we, we do that in our, our coach education workshops as well with the coaches. And it's you can see the bonding happening straight away, really. And it sets, like you say, it sets the stage for the rest of the sessions and the workshops. And I think as well, when we're always encouraging group sessions, I think for coaches that are not necessarily used to doing these group sessions, I think that helps them as well. It, it breaks the ice, doesn't it? At the beginning of the session, they feel more comfortable with their group who they may not know. They may not know the, the students or the players that come initially. And so um, I think that that's a really a key element, that, that social bit and, and getting players to speak to each other, introduce themselves, work with different players. And, and it, it, like you say, they then commit as a group. Yeah. One of the things I'm always looking for is the feedback that I get from the players and what you're after. I had some feedback the other day from somebody that that had given some feedback on a course and had said, Nick has set the environment on the course so that we all feel like one big family. Mm. And as soon as you've got that feeling of the course, that's, that's what you're after. So in your coaching, that's what it needs to feel like a team, a family, everybody together, and you're all in it to improve. Yeah. You don't want to be in a position whereby one person goes, oh, I've got to play with that person again now because I know I'm a bit better than them or whatever. You're all there to learn and help each other improve. And if, you, if you've got that social environment, you can make that happen. If, if, if I haven't bonded with you and you're, you're a weaker player than me, I'm a bit like, oh, gosh, I've got to play with him again. It's a really tough skill for a a coach. I mean, particularly in paddle, right? Like there's so many new players. People don't really know their levels and their ratings and coaches find it difficult. You know, when I mean, how many group sessions have we done where we've got a mix of levels in our session? And that that can be one tip or or, or trick to, to almost helping that session run more smoothly. Yeah, we're all in it together as a team. We're all here to help each other improve. Mm. That's the ethos and the, the philosophy that you need to bring to your coaching to, to stop that sort of thing. We've got one more final aspect to, with relatedness. Let's do it. So the relatedness is around how the coach communicates. So how the co- coach communicates is, is super important. And it takes a while to understand exactly how to communicate really effectively, visually, verbally, and with great listening skills. So it's easy to get the the visual by dressing appropriately. And that's dead easy, isn't it? You can you can do that at home, buy the right gear and, and off you go. You can turn up at the venue, you look professional as a coach. So that you know that should be like a non-negotiable tick, it's done. So so that we can do that. And then after that it's making sure that you can play a great game of paddle or as good as needed to be for the level of players that you've got with you. Don't always have to be the best player if you're working with some you know, less developed players, but, but look credible on the court in terms of what you look like, in terms of hitting the ball. And then every time you do a demonstration, make sure that you really are showing it at the same time as describing the activity. The magic comes in the way that we communicate verbally and how we change the speed the pitch the tone the melody of our voices to be able to really engage players 
taking some time before you say words, understanding what you're going to say, and the magic of using different tones and melody of voice to be able to really attract your players. Get them thinking that they should, you know, why do I want to listen? I want to listen. I want to listen because something different's going to happen. Mm. Try to engage your learners with different ways of speaking and showing that really engages and creates that relationship with, with the players. So, so I think it's one of those skills that needs practice all the time. And, and I'm super interested with communication skills and, and looking to be able to develop those skills myself all the time. Master those skills of communication. Because unless you actually take yourself out of what you regularly do, then it can become difficult to, to practice those skills. Mm. So, so I think communication skills for a coach are absolutely vital and you've got to practice them. And practice in the mirror, practice what your face looks like, give great facial expressions, give great eye contact, that's super important. And, and, and eye contact, high fives, um, little racket taps, all of those all the time just to create the environment on the court that gets people coming back. I mean, we've we've touched on communication there towards the end of this episode but really i mean it's it's one of the key modules in our coach education workshop isn't it it's a it's a really really core coaching skill um and really probably at least one if not more episodes could be spent on communication skills here you know the focus of that skill that coaches might not think about is probably the relatedness going going back to the 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 previous and summarizing slightly um and and i mean i suppose that leaves us the opportunity to to go deeper into communication on a different episode yeah so if we summarize everything the what we're after is people to keep coming back to paddle we want them to do more and self-determination theory says competency making somebody feel good and feel competent about the activity so not false flattery. They need to feel good. And we talked about process and outcome. They need to do both. Mm. We can improve process, but we also need to see improvement in outcome. Autonomy. Give choice throughout your sessions so that people feel like they are committed and they, they own it. And then relatedness is that that's probably the strongest one. Making sure they've got a bond with everybody that's there. Making sure they've got a bond with everybody that's there and you as the coach. You get those three things right, that's those three things are the magic ingredients to be able to keep coming people, keep for people coming back and for them to improve. Perfect. Nick, an absolute pleasure as always. Thank you very much. And uh, well, we'll get you on another episode for, for something else coach skill related, potentially communication. Thanks, Andy. Really enjoyed it.